From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Monday the 9th of January 2023. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight Story, we look at the storming of Brazil's Congress by Bolsonaro supporters. This isn't the only thing happening in the world, though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, I sit down with Rory and discuss a UK space launch. But first, what just happened in Brazil? On Sunday, supporters of ex-Brazilian President Bolsonaro stormed the three arms of government in scenes many are already comparing to the January the 6th attack on the US capital. Thousands of radical Bolsonaro supporters entered Brazil's National Congress building in Brasilia, as well as invading the Planalto Palace, the country's presidential palace and Supreme Court. The violence comes after months of Bolsonaro's more extreme supporters camping outside military bases across Brazil, calling for military intervention following his defeat to left-wing rival Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, who was sworn in as president a week ago. President Lula, who was elsewhere in Brazil at the time, said the violence was perpetrated by vandals, neo-fascists and fanatics, and vowed to bring those responsible, including their finances, to justice. He also accused police of incompetence, bad faith or malice in their failure to stop the attack on Brazil's government. As the event unfolded, Lula authorised federal security intervention in Brasilia, which will last until the 31st of January. Some 400 people have been arrested so far, authorities say, and the security secretary of the federal district, who had previously been a minister under Bolsonaro, has been fired. Meanwhile, the governor of the federal district, which covers the capital and surrounding area, has been suspended from his post for 90 days by the Supreme Court. The scenes were certainly reminiscent of the January the 6th attack on the US Capitol, which happened two years ago and two days before the assault on Brazil's democracy. However, there are some key differences. For one, as it was a Sunday at the beginning of the year, Brazil's Congress and Supreme Court were empty of lawmakers and justices at the time of the attack. There was no event that rioters were trying to disrupt, as they had been in the US, as the peaceful transfer of power to Lula had already happened a week earlier. Bolsonaro himself is in the US state of Florida, where he's been since travelling there ahead of Lula's inauguration. He tweeted several hours after the violence that lawful, peaceful demonstrations are part of democracy, but that the destruction and invasion of public buildings fell outside of this. President Lula asserted that Bolsonaro bears some responsibility for what happened, citing several speeches by the former president encouraging this. Bolsonaro, for his part, rejected the accusation. Analysts have pointed out that much of the protest and demonstrations by hardline conservatives since the October election have been less about Bolsonaro himself and more about opposition to Lula's return to power. Ardent conservatives in Brazil, like the ones who stormed Congress, want to see Lula back in prison, accuse him of corruption, say without evidence that his election was fraudulent, and want the military to do something about it. Condemnation of the riots and support for Brazil's democratic institutions came in quickly from the leaders of Latin America and the rest of the world. A number of Democratic members of Congress in the United States have even called for Bolsonaro to be sent back to Brazil from his self-imposed exile in Florida. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. 
So here's a rundown of three other stories. We turn now to Sweden, where Prime Minister Ulf Kristersson has said that Turkey is asking for things that Sweden cannot or does not want to give them in relation to the Nordic country's attempt to join NATO. Turkey and Hungary are the only two NATO members that have not yet ratified Sweden and Finland's accession to the military alliance. Hungary is expected to do so early this year, while Turkey is still holding out, despite signing a deal with Sweden and Finland last year that aimed to overcome its objections. Christensen said on Sunday that Turkey both confirms that we have done what we said we would, but they also say that they want things we cannot or do not want to give them. We are convinced that Turkey will make a decision, we just don't know when. He added that the decision is in Turkey's camp. One key issue is that of extradition. Just recently, the Turkish government expressed disappointment after Sweden's top court blocked the extradition of a journalist that Turkey is accused of being involved in a 2016 coup attempt against President Erdogan. The Swedish court said there was a risk of persecution based on his political beliefs. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. While much of the world has been able to put the coronavirus pandemic well and truly behind them, China is unfortunately still battling with the disease. While many countries had moved away from strict enforcement of social distancing and quarantining rules, China pushed ahead with its pretty tough zero-COVID policy throughout 2022. This was until there was huge protests in December against the policies, which saw President Xi's government finally relax the measures. This is relevant today because, according to Chinese local health officials, about 90% of China's third most populous province, Henan, has now been infected with COVID. This amounts to a huge 88.5 million people. Although the official did not specify when most of the transmission was meant to have happened, considering that transmission was probably quite low while the zero-COVID policy was in effect, it's reasonable to assume that it happened after it was relaxed. We move to South Sudan now, where videos have circulated of the president wetting himself. Now, while this in of itself may not be politically relevant enough to make its way into the daily briefing, what makes this story relevant is the fact that journalists are being arrested for circulating the video. Six members of staff from the state broadcaster were detained this week, which has prompted the Committee to Protect Journalists, or CPJ, to call for their release. Additionally, the president of South Sudan's Union of Journalists has told Reuters that these journalists are suspected of having knowledge about how the video of the president urinating himself came out. This isn't the first time that the South Sudanese government has been accused of arbitrarily detaining journalists whenever press coverage seems unfavourable. In the final uplifting story today, we discuss Daymar Hamlin. Last Sunday night, Hamlin, who was in his second season of his NFL career, collapsed suddenly. This was during a game between his team, the Buffalo Bills, and the Cincinnati Bengals, a match being watched by millions around the US. He was rushed off the pitch and given cardiopulmonary resuscitation, which saved his life. Throughout last week, though, Hamlin did start to make a remarkable recovery, and by Thursday he was able to breathe again on his own. He continues to make progress every day, which in itself is remarkable, considering that many worried he might not make it. We wish him all the best in his continued recovery. 
That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of the UK's first space launch, then watch the extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Now might be the time to do it, as there's an offer which gets you a year of membership for less than $1 a month. That's huge because Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. They also get access to a ton of other exclusive ad-free TLDR content, as well as videos from all your favourite creators. The good news is, like I mentioned, our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers you some of the world's best documentaries, is offering an incredible deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $12 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR content on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than a dollar a month, a deal which doesn't last long, and support the channel.